Welcome. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 26, but before we do, I think we need to read one of the parables. This is Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible by studying the Psalms verse by verse and word by word. Today's Psalm is Psalm 26, which is headed just simply with the author's name, a Psalm of David. The reason I began by reading that parable is that it's very important that we should know how to approach God. When we're asking for God's help or God's support, we shouldn't approach God in pride, praising ourselves for all the good things that we do. We should come before God humbly and ask for his mercy, his kindness, his forgiveness, because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what, I hear you say, is happening to David in Psalm 26? Because he seems to say the opposite. Let me read you the first couple of verses. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. So what's David doing here? Well, let's examine it a bit more closely. And we'll say, see that David is much closer to the publican, the tax collector in Jesus' parable, than he is to the religious man, to the Pharisee in that parable. Judge me, O Lord, he begins. He's calling upon God to be his judge. Why is he calling upon God to be his judge? Because there's so many evil people around him. He, he will speak in verse 9 about sinners and bloody men in whose hands is mischief and their right hand is full of bribes. There are evil people who are opposing David and fighting against David. So David says to God, God, I appeal to you. I'm looking for you to help, for you to support me in this situation. 
for I have walked in mine integrity. Integrity describes wholeness and truth and living for what's right. And when David says, I have walked in mine integrity, uh, walking is describing how he's lived. He's saying, I've lived for truth. I've lived to what's right. In other words, I'm not like those enemies who we've just spoken about. It's not me who's tried to stir up trouble. They are all day trying to work out evil ways, ways to achieve their wicked objectives. I haven't done that, God, says David. I've tried to live in the way that pleases you. I've put you first. I've trusted also in the Lord. I've depended on God. Before David became king, King Saul was opposing him and Saul tried to kill David on several occasions. But David had the opportunity to fight back. Why didn't David kill kill Saul and become king himself that way? Because I have trusted also in the Lord. He was trusting in God. He wasn't trying to fight against Saul as his enemy. No, he was looking for God to do what God wanted to do in his life. So we see that what David is saying here is I've tried to live in the right way. I've trusted God. Uh, He's not claiming that he is a perfect man. He knew that he wasn't a perfect man, but he knew what his desire was. His desire was to serve God in the right way. He knew what he was seeking to do in life. He wasn't seeking to promote himself and to make himself important. He was trusting in God to do whatever God would do in his life. Therefore, I shall not slide. I suppose the word picture here is of someone walking along in a dangerous place. And if he's in a dangerous place, well, he might slip and he might fall. But David says, no, I've walked on the right path. I've walked in a firm path. The firm path is God's truth. And I've trusted in something strong to support me. I've trusted in God. I haven't trusted myself. If I trusted myself, then I would have fallen away. I would have fallen away from God. I would have fallen into great danger. No, my attitude is to trust in God. And then he calls upon God to examine him. Verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Examine. Prove. Try. They're all words with similar meanings. Examine means look at me. And David is saying, test me. Why is he saying to God to test him? Is he saying to test him because he's a perfect man? No, he's not saying that. He's saying, test me and show me if I'm doing wrong things. Show me if my life is in some way inadequate or wrong. How do you test silver and gold? These words examine, prove and try, they could all apply to testing of gold. And how did people test gold? Well, they put it in the hottest fire and the hottest fire would burn away any impurities. 
And so David is saying to God, God, I'm passing through a trial. It's like a hot fire because there are so many enemies against me and opposing me. So examine me and prove me. Burn away all that does not please you. Everything that's not the gold, everything that is not the perfect thing that you want in my life, deal with it. I want you to test me and to show me what I'm doing wrong and to deal with me and to put me on the right tracks. Try my reins and my heart. My reins, that's an old word for kidneys. Try my kidneys and my heart. Uh, deep inside me, the parts of the body that are most hidden, the kidneys hidden deep inside me, my heart hidden deep inside me. Test my emotions, my thoughts, my inner thoughts, my secret thoughts, even the thoughts that are not known to me. God, I want you to test them and to examine them and to sort out anything that's wrong in them, that I, I can serve you in the right way because I have an aim in life. I have a desire. Verse three, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes and I have walked in thy truth. My desire, God, is thy loving kindness. If something is before or in front of my eyes, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it and I desire it. What do, does David desire? God's loving kindness. Your love, he could say, is my aim. My aim in life is to go for the kindness of God and to get God's kindness in his life. And if his love, his kindness is my aim, then what's my way of life? I have walked in thy truth. God, it's the truth of your word that I live by. I live by your truth. I trust in your promises. I'm living for you, God. I'm, I'm trying to, to live by your standards in everything. And because I fail so much, I need your help. Verse four, David continues, I've not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. Okay, vain persons. The word vain means empty. A person is empty if they don't want God and his spirit and his goodness to fill their lives. So David could say evil people, but people who don't care about God, people who don't want God in their lives because they're living for themselves. David says, I've not sat with them. He doesn't mean physically that he hasn't sat down in a room with them. No, he's thinking of the way in which people gather together and sit down and discuss their plans and their schemes and work out ways of doing things and of running business and the way thieves would gather together in just such a way, sitting down together on the roadside, working out how they can rob someone, how they can take advantage of someone, how they can act in cruelty for their own benefit. David says, I've not done that. I've chosen the way of God's truth to live by, so I've not sat with vain persons. 
And then he adds, neither will I go in with dissemblers. Dissemblers. In simplicity, we could understand that to mean people who cause trouble. Um, but the Hebrew word has a more particular meaning, and it means people who hide themselves, people who have secret schemes. He's once more thinking about how evil people gather together to make their plans. Now, robbers might sit in an open area uh, outside the town to discuss together, to drink together, to make their evil plans. But important people don't do that. They don't want anyone to see what they're doing. They go in. They go in together into a private, a secret room to make secret plans to do evil things. And their secret plan might be to overthrow the government or their secret plan might be to take advantage of people in a big way and gain great amounts of money for themselves. David says, that's not for me. If, if my desire is God's loving kindness, verse 3, if my life is the way of God's truth, also verse 3, then I can't go in with dissemblers. I can't join with them in their secret schemes, their secret plans. I've got to separate myself from them. I've got to consider myself as a holy person, a person who belongs to God. I have to live my life in God's way. Therefore, verse 6, I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord. The word picture here is the word picture of a priest carrying out his sacrifices at God's house, the temple or or the tabernacle that existed in David's day. And in order to carry out a sacrifice, he was required firstly to wash his hands, and then he would take the sacrifice and he would place it on the altar. And it was only priests who truly compassed the altar. In other words, who truly walked around God's altar in the temple or the tabernacle. Um, so it's that sort of word picture, but David was not a priest. Um, and so he's, he's using it to describe what he's doing. He's saying just as the priest washes his hands to express the idea that he's bringing to God a pure sacrifice, a clean sacrifice, a sacrifice that pleases God. So David says, I'm going to wash my hands not wash my hands physically as a display to show how innocent I am, as Pilate did falsely before the death of Jesus. No, I'm going to wash my hands in innocency, in pureness. I'm truly going to cleanse my life. I'm truly going to, with God's help, deal with the wrong things that I'm guilty of. I'm going to take those wrong things and it's like I'm going to wash them away like dirt. Not like evil people who wash their hands in hypocrisy, who try to pretend that they're innocent when in fact they're guilty. No, I'm genuinely going to deal with my life, deal with wrong things in my life, make it possible for me to approach the living God just as a priest 
approach the altar of God, the place where sacrifices were burnt, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord. Okay, in the temple, you didn't enter and leave by the same door. You would enter one gate, and then you would walk to the opposite corner of the temple, and you would leave by the other gate. That was necessary uh, because on the great feast days, there would be great numbers of people there, and if people were trying to enter and leave by the same gate, it would be chaos and it would be dangerous. So, in a sense, all of God's people, when they went to pray at the temple, they compassed God's altar. They went past God's altar. They didn't go right round it, but they went past it. And David says, I'm going to depend on you, God. I'm going to depend on you in the way that you've appointed. You've provided the altar as a place of sacrifice for all of Israel. Here you accept animals, the gift of animals, which are burned by fire on the altar. And as the smoke from those animals rises up to you, towards you in heaven, so you accept your people's prayers. Even though they're guilty, even though they've done wrong things, you forgive your people, O oh God. And God, I've got to cleanse my attitudes. I've got to get rid of everything that is wrong in my mind and in my heart and in my desires. And then in pureness, I can go to your house, God. I can go before the altar. I can walk past the altar and I can pray to you and you will accept my prayers. So no wonder when I've been to pray at the temple that, verse 7, I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Publish, to preach, to announce. David is going to announce with the voice of thanksgiving. He's going to publicly give thanks to God and all the people are going to hear him, hear him as he declares how grateful he is to God, the God who forgives him, the God who makes it possible for him to go to his house, to the house of God. And David could praise God there in the presence for the people and he could tell of all thy wondrous works. Wondrous is an old form of the same word we have today, wonderful. He's going to speak about the wonderful works of God. He's going to speak about the good things that God has done in the past, in his nation, Israel, and in his own life. He's going to declare in particular how God has rescued him from his troubles, how God has given him a right relationship with himself, how he's able to pray and worship God so that other people might hear and be inspired by him and realise that they too must turn to God, that they, they shouldn't go in the way that evil people go. They shouldn't try and gain benefits for themselves by all sorts of wicked schemes and evil actions. They shouldn't join with thieves and with robbers, but they too should serve God with thanksgiving, that they too should be able to declare the wondrous works of God. Verse 8, David's spoken a lot about his attitudes in this psalm. 
And he sort of expresses that fully in verse 8. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honour dwelleth. The tabernacle or the temple. That last word dwelleth in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word for the tabernacle. God, I've loved the habitation of thy house. The habitation is the place where you live, your dwelling place. God, I love your temple. I love this place where, where I can come before you, where you take away people's sins, where you give people a right relationship with you, where I can be close to you. The place where your honour dwells, the place where your honour tabernacles, where it has its living place. Uh, a tabernacle was originally a tent. God, you placed your tent here and here is your honour and these things I love. And that's the key to David. David loved God with all his heart. He was guilty of many wrong things, you know. David was guilty of adultery. He, he was guilty of murder. He was guilty of so many wrong things. Yet he always turned back to God. He always turned away from those evil deeds. He always, in sincerity, turned back and sought God's forgiveness. And this is the secret. He loved God. He loved to be with God. He loved to be near to God. And so anything in his own life which was wrong, this this he turned from. This disappointed him. This upset him. And until he could turn back to God and know the forgiveness of God, he was never satisfied. But he knew that a judgment day would come. He'd asked God to judge him. And that judgment could not be against him. No, he didn't want to be judged with the evil people and to receive the punishment of evil people and be separated from God who he truly loved. So this was his prayer. Verse 9. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. David is sometimes described in the Bible as a, a man of blood or a bloody man. He, he was a man who killed many others in war. Yet he didn't want to be counted with people who kill people and who do evil things. No, he wanted to be counted with God's people. Gather not my soul with sinners. Don't take my inner life and, and count me with the sinners. God, I don't want to be a sinner. I want you to show your mercy to me, to forgive me, to cleanse me from the so many wrong things that I've done. Don't gather my life with bloody men. Don't count me with those who kill and with those who murder. That is not the desire of my heart. My, the desire of my heart, says David, is for you, God. It's you who I love. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honour dwelleth. But them, the sinners, the bloody men, their attitude is totally different. The enemies who I've asked you to judge me against, in verse 1, their, their attitude is totally different, says David. Sinners and bloody men, verse 10, 
whose hand in whose hands is mischief and their right hand is full of bribes in whose hands is mischief they're doing evil things what's in their hands is a word picture for what they're doing and what they are doing is mischief it's evil it's wicked and their right hand is full of bribes they accept secret gifts to destroy justice maybe they're judges and they're accepting payments to let off the guilty people and let guilty people go free or maybe they're government officials and they support the person who pays them and they leave the person who's suffering who can't afford to pay them that's a bribe a secret payment he spoke about people doing things in secret in verse 4 and once again he's doing so in verse 10 they're accepting bribes secret payments to give advantages to other people david says i'm not going to follow that way i'm not going to live for mischief for evil schemes i'm not going to accept secret payments to show to show benefit to one person and not to another because david as israel's king was also israel's chief justice israel's chief judge no david declares verse 11 as for me i will walk in mine integrity redeem me and be merciful unto me but as for me i will walk in mine integrity he repeats the phrase he he had at the beginning god i want to do the right things i want to live for what is right and true i want to rule israel because david was a king i want to rule israel in a right and good way in a way that you approve of and i can only do so with your help O oh god redeem me and be merciful unto me rescue me he says to god show me your kindness be merciful he says be merciful unto me now tell me in jesus parable which of the two men david sounds like luke chapter 18 verse 13 says of the tax collector the publican and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but he smote upon his breast upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner and david is praying to god redeem me and be merciful unto me david knew that he depended on the kindness of god he knew that he needed god to forgive him to sort out his life yes he desired the right things and his enemies desired evil things but he still needed God to work in his life and to forgive him and to take David to that place where David wanted, where David needed to be. What place is that? Verse 12. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. In David's troubles, in David's persecutions, he often describes himself as if he's in a narrow place. He's trapped in. He's got nowhere to escape to. 
but now he can declare, my foot standeth in an even place, on a plain, on a large level area, with plenty of space around him, God has freed him, God has set him free, God has answered his prayer. And so in the congregations, with God's people gathered around, for just as there's a congregation or a gathering in verse 5 of evildoers, so here we've got congregations or gatherings of God's people. Where have they gathered? They've gathered at the temple or the tabernacle, at the house of God, because they too love, as David did in verse 8, the habitation of God's house. And David, set free from his troubles, declares, In the congregations will I bless the Lord. I'm going to praise God. Praise God with God's people. Please write to me, my email address, 333kjv at gmail.com. I'll read that again, 333kjv at gmail.com. And now let me read you the whole of Psalm 26. A Psalm of David. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honour dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. <laughs>